Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our new official podcast, Some Assembly Required. Uh, this is our first time recording a follow-up to our sermons that we have on Sunday. Uh, this is just a good opportunity for us to chat about life and faith and how they intersect and as an Anabaptist congregation today too, just talking and wrestling with those um, those elements that we bring up on Sunday in that kind of context in everyday life. So today, uh, Pastor Pat's here. He's going to be chatting about James chapter 1, both the first part uh, that we had a couple weeks ago and the most recent sermon that was just loaded online as well. So Pat, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Nolan, it is going to be a fun journey together and with our friends that are listening as we uh, get to go a little deeper in the message and also maybe talk about some things that as an Anabaptist congregation are important to us in the days mm-hmm. ahead. It's going to be fun. I'm glad, mm-hmm. uh, glad to be here. That's great. That's great. So why don't you just uh, quickly give us a, a recap on chapter one? What was chapter one looking at? Yeah, you know, chapter one of the book of James, if uh, if you haven't read James, ever read it, or maybe it's been a while, this is a great book. It's five chapters. You can read it like a chapter a day over your work week, and it's really, really good. And the book of James, uh, this guy was, uh, was the uh, half-brother of Jesus. And so mm. this guy was an unbeliever during the time that Jesus walked on the earth. Interesting. And, yeah, it is interesting because uh, he and his other brothers mocked him, made fun of him, uh, didn't want anything to do with him. And then, boom, resurrection, uh, game change, mm-hmm. new life. Mm-hmm. And, boom, he's uh, becomes an early church leader fairly quickly in the process and is writing the book of James to um, help us to be more like Jesus, you know. Interesting. Very neat. I've heard some uh, even speculation about the book of James that when it was originally kind of put together when the Bible was canonized, that there were some questions about it. Yes. They kind of were wondering because of the Apostle Paul's epistles, the letters. They were kind of, it was confusing to try and think about the two different things, right? Um, yes. James is kind of an interesting book, right? What is he kind of, what's the theme of it, would you say? Yeah. He, James comes at it a little differently than Paul does in his epistles. James comes. Uh, first of all, he's speaking to Jewish believers who were kicked out of Jerusalem during the historical diaspora, mm-hmm. where where they had to vacate quickly. Caesar uh, was cleansing Jerusalem uh, of uh, Christians, and and so they took off. And it's funny, Caesar didn't mean to, but he did a tremendous job in helping get the gospel out uh, mm-hmm. around the known world because of these folks taking it with them. And so yeah. James is seeing some problems in some of these churches, and so he begins dealing with them. And and so he says, hey, your faith without works is dead. And uh, and so Paul, you know, he kind of he's, he's kind of hitting the paint can uh, from a different direction. He He's saying, well... You know, your faith is what justifies you. It's not uh, not by works of righteousness, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Mm-hmm. What people have, have confused is that James and Paul are talking about the same thing. They're just, they're just kind of going about it a different way. Mm-hmm. The faith that James is talking about, he's talking about our daily walk, our daily uh, faith and endurance in serving the Lord. Paul was talking about this saving faith that that it's not works of righteousness we've done you know it it's all because of Jesus James and Paul fit together like 
two peas in a pod when you understand where they're coming from. Yeah, so it's kind of like you paint your fence one color, I'm painting mine a different color, and yeah. it's still a fence, but it's just two different ways to look at it, right? And it got painted. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about chapter one. There's this whole context about suffering, right, and going through trials. And, oh, yeah. and obviously in their day and age, they were going through maybe a little bit different than us. There's some Christians today... I would guess still going through some persecution sure. in parts of the world for sure. But um, let's just talk about what what does that look like? What do you think that looks like for us on a day-to-day basis just here in you know, our uh, little Niagara region out in Waynefleet? Yeah, I think there's a mistaken teaching that goes on in a lot of churches that if you follow Jesus, then you're never going to have any problems and you're going to be healthy all your life. You're going to end up being wealthy because Jesus wants to show off big in your life. And and the only problem with all that is that it's just plain old false teaching. Yeah. Uh, sure, Jesus uh, will take care of our needs and, and he's there to walk with us and so forth. But if you ask Jesus... Uh, Jesus himself said, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. And if you ask Paul, he's going to tell you, well, uh, my marching orders from Jesus from the get-go was that I was going to suffer affliction and be marched in front of Caesar at some point. And uh, it's it's not been real comfortable doing what I'm doing. Lazarus would say, well, yeah, I got resurrected by Jesus, but then then there's a bunch of people that wanted to kill me because I was talking mm-hmm. about Jesus. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's important for a, none of us get a free pass uh, from problems in this life. And that's what James is talking about. He says, man, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it all joy. Consider it an opportunity to grow. Hmm. And uh, that's, that's just different teaching than uh, we hear a lot. Yeah, today. for sure. I always struggle with this kind of teaching because I love it. I, I, I take it. I say, yeah, for sure. And I always look at it from the perspective of if someone was to break into my house and persecute me for Jesus, <laughs> of course I would say I'm following Jesus and yeah. I'm not going to give up my faith. But I find that I am a lazy person by habit sometimes. <laughs> and so when it comes to suffering or putting things uh, like over long term or, yeah. you know, as my wife would say, uh, even dealing with the dishes on a daily basis <laughs> that I should do instead of leaving them in the sink, it's putting them there, uh, you know, in the dishwasher and cleaning them up. My struggle is always this little bit day by day that I feel like I get kind of, you know, beaten up or, or slowly right. it kind of wears off this idea of I'm going to suffer for Christ. So how... Uh, what would you recommend for something like that if, you know, on a day-to-day basis? Well, if we realize that we don't get a pass from problems, if that's what we what we realize, then, then we have to kind of examine from God's Word, okay, Lord, if, if I don't get a pass from these things, then what is it I need to learn while I'm going through them? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think the big thing we see here is he talks about how that prayer and endurance go together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see this down in verse 5. And, and so I would say uh, in our faith journey, if we're going to intersect at the corner of faith and life, then we have to exercise our faith muscles when times get tough. Mm-hmm. Um, us athletes, uh, we, <laughs> we, 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 we know what that means. Of course, me and you are both athletes so much there. <laughs> Let's arm wrestle right here, yeah. right here. Best two out of three. Yeah. And, and um, you think about it, um, 
And it's so easy at home to lay on the couch and watch a movie than it is to uh, go out and sweat and run three miles or, or to uh, go to the gym and do weightlifting for 45 minutes. Does it count if I watch a movie about running? It, it doesn't, but thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. But, um, but I think that we have uh, this uh, mindset that we always want to choose the path of least re- resistance, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas an athlete, uh, somebody who runs or somebody who's a weightlifter or whatever, they have this mindset that says, if I take the path of least resistance, then I'm not going to grow and, and be able to excel in being an athlete. I'm going to be stunted. And so being able to... Um, Gravity's a bummer, right? You pick mm-hmm. up weights and you're you're pushing against gravity. But what does that do? It it tears down our muscles and replaces it mm-hmm. with more muscle. It, it, it helps for us to become uh, to have more endurance. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's very true in our spiritual life too. If we seek to avoid problems, if we if we try to take the path of least resistance and serving God or walking with Him then we're going to be pretty anemic, right? Yeah. And stunted. Yeah. It makes me think about uh, the fact that I feel like I'm always wrestling against um, nature versus maybe who God's called me to be. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. I, I think of, uh, in my head, even like a stream. So water, when you pour it out, always follows the path of least resistance to create a river. Yeah. And it's just, it's nature. But then I think of like a tree, when it grows its roots, it will crack rock. It yeah. will just go through everything in order to, you know, reach its destination, its goal. And oh kind of man, what point. a great analogy! I could have used that uh, <laughs> when I was preaching the message. But oh, that's a great okay. analogy. Uh, the root system is deep and goes through rock. Uh, I'm sure it's not easy for the tree, mm-hmm. but a hundred years from now. What's yeah. that tree doing? It's yeah. thriving, and 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 so God wants us to thrive, but it comes at a at a cost, mm. and it comes with um, being able to endure uh, life and to be able to stretch and build our spiritual muscles mm-hmm. uh, through uh, circumstances and and trials and afflictions and mm. all these things that ah the world wants to tear us down with, but. God wants to use those things to build us up. Yeah. The, the final thought I think of, too, I've been wrestling with this a bit in my own walk, is this uh, the Jesus of every day. Like, so Jesus, how he walked through his ministry every day. And, um, you know, when I went to Israel, one thing that I noticed was there are a lot of hills there in Israel in the central part of it to get to Jerusalem. So every time Jesus goes to Jerusalem, right, he's walking up thousands of feet of elevation yeah. and it made me think about uh, when I heard the sermon just thinking about the fact that Jesus didn't you know go from being a baby straight to the cross but there was an everyday consistent struggle of yes. building muscle and walking these hills and walking in the heat wow. in order to get there right so um, is there any final thought maybe you want to give us for today for our uh, just the, as we close this book on chapter one of James? Yeah, you, you get into the latter part of James and it talks about these things that can slow us down. And um, there's a nautical term uh, that, that says, keep her steady as she goes, meaning that the captain's telling the pilot that doesn't matter what the wind's doing, doesn't matter uh, what the current's doing, just stay on course. Don't let those things bother you. Just mm-hmm. keep keep moving toward the goal of getting to the port uh, 
And I think that's what God is wanting us to do. It's so easy for us to find ourselves. um, It it talks about in uh, chapter 1, down around verse 13, we're tempted to blame God. We're tempted to blame others when things don't go well in our life. And so God says, oh, man, that that's going to keep you anemic. It's going to keep you pushed down. Mm-hmm. Don't don't blame God. Don't blame others. You know, um, walk through whatever you're going through, keeping your eyes on God, not shaking your fist at him. And th- then I think the last thing here is is understanding that there's a lot of things out there that it's, it's like me uh, using a fishing lure out on the boat mm-hmm. and, and that that lure, you know, the fish, normal feeding, that he's not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I send down there this beautiful lure that uh, is really delicious looking. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? Uh, that temptation, it, he takes the lure and boom, he's in my frying pan. Mm-hmm. And so I think the same thing can happen to us. We get our eyes off the Lord. There's a lot of things luring us mm-hmm. into the path of least mm-hmm. resistance. Yeah. And so, so the Lord is saying, "Oh no, no, no! Keep, keep on this road toward the intersection of faith and life. Don't, don't take this exit that that looks interesting. It look, it draws you, it entices you. No, no, keep your eye on me. Keep your eye on where we're going. Mm. And I think that's the importance of James chapter one today. Yeah, so good, so good. So many things to distract us, right, to take our mind off of Him and our." In the race, as Paul puts it, in the race we're the running. Race. Right? Yeah. The race, yeah. Another analogy, race. Yes, right? right. Yeah. So many analogies here. So uh, thank you so much, Pastor Pat, for coming in and just you know recording this and, and walking through chapter one with us. Um, if you want to follow us more, you can follow us on Facebook or uh, Instagram, YouTube. Every week we post our, our services online that you can watch them. Uh, they go live at 10 a.m. on Sundays. And we would love to hear from you and connect with you. If you want to send us an email at office at waynefleetbic.com, we'd love to connect and chat more. Well, thanks again, Pat. Have a great day. Thank you. It's been fun today. You guys have a great week. Uh, You are loved.